Hello again and again. <laughs> Hi, how are you guys doing out there? Enjoying the show? Hmm? Well, I hope you are. It's, 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 it's a show that uh, redefines your imagination. <laughs> the intention of this show is to really get you to think. That's why I call this podcast Living on the Edge. Literally, it's a thought-provoking podcast because it's about taking your mentality to another place, your thinking to another place. Because once you change your thinking, your perception of how you see things, everything else changes. Um, well, of course, for those of you who don't know me by now, um, my name is Annette. I am uh, the host of the show. I am the founder of the Digital Vibe Network. And you can check out my website at uh, www.digitalvibenetwork.com. <laughs> and uh, I have been doing this thing for a little bit. So I'm quite comfortable with myself and living in my skin and being a uh, transformational entrepreneur. So this... Uh, this show is, uh, you know, part, parts of the show, not going to say all of it, but who knows what comes down in the future. Only I do. <laughs> um, right now it's about laying a foundation because everything, it just doesn't start with the end result. You ever heard that saying, beginning with the end in mind? Yeah. Well, that's how you achieve your goals, beginning with the end in mind. What is it that you want to achieve and then you start to take that step, steps, that journey of that process of years. <laughs> and um, that's what you simply must do. But the first thing that's so important, and the reason why I'm doing this, this particular type of show is simply because of the need for some brain checks. You know, your brain is, is a powerful vehicle. But like Albert Einstein says, it must, it must, it must continue to grow day in, day out, all the time. If you keep your brain in a state of stagnation, it's going to stagnate. It's going to settle in. It's going to be comfortable. This series is not a series of podcasts for those who like comfortability. So those of you who like your comfort zone, well, this is not that type of show. It is to get you aware of where you stand, or I should say where you sit and where you can stand. Okay? So there's a big difference between the two. So I liken the comfort zone mentality to those that are sitting. They're sitting still. They're waiting for something to happen. They're hoping that something happens, but it never does. They're waiting for the world to change. They're still sitting. They're still sitting. They're still sitting. They're not doing anything actively. They're not getting up. They're not standing. They're not standing for something. They're not standing for what they believe in. They're not standing for their values. They're not standing for, for anything. So I liken, I liken the, the person that lives on the edge, the edge walker, to a person that's standing. They're actualized. They're aligned in every part of their being. They're aligned. And the person that sits and sits, waiting for the 
whatever to change and to happen and to this, to that, to happen, never does. That's the person that sits still, complacency. Comfort zone level. Mm. Well, this, this, this show is about uh, to get you uh, to move a little. You're going to be moving in this one here. And the reason why I say that is because I simply know what it's like to stay in a stuck situation. It is not healthy. That's been years now, so I'm through with that. And that's why the beauty of life circumstances, you need to learn to appreciate those things because you know what? If you can understand one thing, understand when you have an open mind, begin to open your mind and begin to say, you know what? I want change and you're willing to do something about it and, and take a step in that direction. Everything else goes along with that. And then you can look back and say, wow, look, of, look at where I've come from, from where I was to where I am now. It's, it's a journey. It's a walk. It's not easy. Nothing worthwhile ever is going to ever be easy. Not in this life. Never is. I was never guaranteed anything that was going to be easy. You know, when I started to say I wanted to do this and this and this, and I had an end goal for my, you know, my vision for my business, for my life and things like that. I knew, well, I looked at it. It looked really nice on paper. It looked really great on a vision board. It looked great just talking about it. But I knew it was going to take work and years of it. It was never, let me tell you something. There were days, <laughs> there were days that I said, this is not happening. This is not like, you know, this is not how it's supposed to be. No, yes, it is and that how it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to have an easy ride in life. If you want to evolve, you're not supposed to. That's not what it's about. Easy? No. Can't have it that way. It's all work. So the most important education you'll ever learn is learning about you. So let's get started with this uh, episode. The rearview mirror and vows of ignorance. What's past is prologue. That means that's gone. <laughs> but past is one thing. Prologue is another thing. We've all been kids, right? Experienced dramatic events in our past. These dramatic events from our childhood are stored in the emotions of our subconscious mind. And it stays there. It stays stored up for years. It has no understanding of time, no perception of time. It's just there. While our conscious memories may forget the drama, our emotions and subconscious minds continue to carry the feelings created by the event. So when we encounter a similar situation as an adult, our system will trigger and will revert back to the feelings and the fears that we had at that time. That's why it's so important to deal with those issues that you had 
because they'll repeat itself over and over and over again. So I don't want us to get stuck on becoming victims of our past through excessive inward searching or excuse making. But what I want to do is, you know, to get you to understand the importance and understand the context of our past and what our past experiences do and realize that it isn't our fault that we have all this stuff in our minds to process, to break it down, and to do all that. So these past events have a way of coming back because things happen in our lives and they start to trigger because those experiences will always be there. But it is our job, our responsibility to deal with those things, deal with those issues. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I not feeling this way? Well, that too, but why am I reacting this way? It's because of past events. Different moments in our lives offered extreme emotions that didn't feel very good. These emotions triggered in an extreme event and they were probably handled in one of three different ways. Number one, a deep-rooted belief was built in Often stories we've heard as centered around other people and what other people thought about you, your personal failures, and what you thought of others. A strong inner vow, number two, was made in an attempt to avoid future pain. This was a strong self-promise made out of deep anger, sadness, guilt, or shame, which led to future suppression of that same emotion. Number three, the negative and painful emotions were suppressed and these continually followed us throughout our lives. So any of these scenarios will cause our beliefs to be limited. You know, those things called deep-rooted beliefs are those kind of beliefs that somebody told you something from childhood. They pass it on to you, you believed it or not just childhood, let me rephrase that, but anytime somebody passes on a belief to you and you don't check that belief, that's something passed on to you. Like, um, oh, here's one. I can think of a million of them. You remember the one that when they used to talk about women, women don't need to be in the workplace. They need to be at home, staying in the kitchen and doing all the dirty work. Remember all that? That's. That's, that, that gets passed on. That's a deep-rooted belief. <laughs> That's a deep-rooted belief. Or let's, let's hear, there's another one. Oh, okay, here's another one. A deep-rooted belief is that you don't pursue your dreams. You're supposed to have a job and that's it, that's all. Have the job. Be thankful you got the job. That's it. You don't even have to, <laughs> you don't have to like it. Just have one. Then get married, have the babies, and do all that stuff. You heard that one yet? I'm sure you have. Here's the other one. Here's another one. Oh, this is, this is one that's like, oh. Retirement. Let's retire at 65. <laughs> Some people cannot wait. It's just like those of you who don't love your jobs. 
and are not living on the edge. You don't love your job. You're looking at the time clock and watching those minutes pass by. You don't obviously like what you do. You're trying to get out of there. And once Friday hits, you're out the door. That sound like you? Retirement, 65, waiting for the day when that retirement comes in so I can collect those retirement checks. Oh my God. To a person that lives on the edge, to a self-actualized person like myself, to a person that loves life and has a lot to offer and loves what they do, honey, there is no time clock. There is none. There is no time, no stoppage, okay? We continue to do this thing until the day we die, whatever that thing is, okay? So those are deep-rooted, deeply rooted inside our psyches and our subconscious minds. And they stay there because you know why? You know how you'll know? What are you doing now? Are you waiting for retirement? Are you waiting for the tick-tock of that clock to go by? And I'm not talking tick-tock and social media. That's the result of a deep-rooted belief. Or it can get really, it can get really deep, like you don't like an, another race or nationality. That's a deep-rooted belief. Another natu- nationality doesn't doesn't deserve to be in fill in the blank. Racism is a deep-rooted belief, and it's pathetic. All of those things. So the choices that you make are based on. All of those things as a result of that deep-rooted belief. And you never, ever, ever dealt with those. You continue to suppress it, suppress it. You never address it throughout your life. So your thinking, your actions, your doing, your choices is all based on those. On, no, what are, no, your limited beliefs, okay? <laughs> so that's what that is. Deep-rooted beliefs, so like I said, those were a few examples. So it's, it's you know, the thing is, it's, you need to understand that these beliefs attached to your childhood drama can feel like they're real. When elaborate stories are built in traumatic moments, they are solidified by outside events, other people, yourself, and your emotions. I'll give you a quick example here. I was doing business with someone just a couple of months ago, and I'm not saying this because this this doesn't bother me anymore because I know who I am, what I am, what I'm about. But this this is a perfect example of someone who held on to their emotions. They were angry and angry and angry. Here I was looking for a service to benefit me to get some marketing things done. And their attitude was so bad and so poor, the anger and the tone So if I were to examine that, I would say there was a traumatic experience in that person's life because they didn't always get their way. So when somebody doesn't pay them attention or they don't get what they want, which I did not give them, they want people, it's like a child, like I said in one of the other episodes that I did last month, like a child sitting up there not getting what they want so they feel ignored. So then they try to yell louder and louder and louder so somebody can see what they're saying or listen to what they're saying. But but the more that person got louder, the less I listened to it. 
the less I listen to it. So that's how, as an edge walker, I'm able to recognize that for what it is. This makes it a deep-rooted belief by simply having these elaborate stories shaped by traumatic events, outside events, not simply a brain story that you randomly accept. These deeper beliefs strongly filter your perceptions of yourself and the world throughout your entire life. You've spent a lifetime finding evidence to support the belief and seldom can you just say, oh, that's silly, or just let it go, even though others may recognize how irrational it is. So to you, it may seem oh, as an apathetic. And your continual anger or negativity and all that stuff, you figure off, oh, eh. you never really examine that. And to you, it seems okay. That's your norm. But to a person like me living on the edge, no, it's not. That's not how I am. So maybe that's suitable for them and the people them that they're surrounded by. But I chose to take my business elsewhere, okay? I did. For example, here's an example for you. I worked with one woman who worked hard to prepare some, you know, awesome meals for her family. But she frequently felt defeated and frustrated over her abilities to cook. She was able to uncover a limited belief, strongly connecting shame to her work in the kitchen. She remembered how, as a young child, she had attempted to make strawberry jam and had stained the kitchen counters. This was met with great disapproval from her mother. The shame she felt as a five-year-old for attempting to create in the kitchen kept her from being fulfilled decades later as she provided meals for her family. I can give you another example. Have you watched that series called, um, what about Pam? I think I'm saying it right. Watch that series. You notice the relationship between the mother and the daughter? They'll go back to that in one of the episodes. But it's their relationship that was formed as a child. Formed as a child is the reason why the acts that she did in her life. So this, all of this stuff is a lot of things that are deeply rooted with your own family. So this lady here in this example I'm sharing with you, she's a woman who worked hard, but she was always seeking approval from her mother. And when she didn't get that approval from her mother, which she thought she should have gotten, she did all the, you know, she, she felt like, oh, less of a person when somebody critiqued her work. So when she was met with disapproval from her mother, she always used that as a, that, that was like that stuck in her mindset, in her subconscious, telling her, you'll never amount to anything. And that's what that movie is about. What about Pam? So Pam obviously kept that stuck in her head. You'll never amount to anything. So if you have people that you're surrounded by that tell you that, that you'll never amount to anything, or you can't, you can't possibly live your dreams or have a dream or do your thing that you want to do. You can't possibly do that. That's their limited beliefs. That's their issues. 
But you got to get away from that. Sometimes you got to get away from them. So all of those things are mindsets that play itself out later on in your life and you don't know where it comes from. Something triggers it and then you react. And I can imagine those many times that that very person who was trying to um, offer me a marketing service, which he didn't, which I didn't approve of, probably sitting down, sitting down and saying to himself, I was wrong. And I knew that. Perhaps he did. But my responsibility about the whole issue was I didn't care whether he did or not. I don't care if he was sorry or apologetic about it. I said, yes, you're sorry, all right. Now listen to my show. <laughs> and I mean that. So that's, that's the thing about those things that you never deal with. We will, we will take a deep dive into three deep-seated beliefs later. I shared with you some now. I'll share with you some more later. But it's important that you recognize some of the power behind these unquestioned because you don't challenge them beliefs. You don't challenge these things. You just think it's the norm. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to treat that. I'm supposed to talk to people because, you know, what? I grew up that way. I saw that in my house, you know, because I didn't get the approval of this, this, and this, and this is why I respond this way. So it's okay. But you, like, I, like I say... It's not okay. It's not okay. It's just, <laughs> it's not okay. People need to be held accountable. And with the continuing saga of Will Smith and his wife, Jaden, and the Chris Rock and the whole thing, I won't get, get into that. But the whole aspect of that is the same thing. Childhood, he had issues problems growing up never dealt with those anger issues angry at somebody and everything that he did he felt that he had to be he had to put somebody down to feel superior in what he did I look at backstories of people's lives in order to feel like something something special to get somebody hey the intention is on me let it be on me he didn't get it as a child at all so on the stage of acting, he has to do it that way. Treating anybody badly, talking to people badly, that's how people do that. That's how apathetics do that. But they come across people who say, you know what, not here. You're not going to pull that here. Take your anger elsewhere. I will check you. Chris Rock, admiration for the way he handled, he handled himself that day. Because a lot of people are like Will Smith, and maybe you're one of them. So let's go on to some inner vows. Inner vows are much like deep-rooted beliefs, where you've built an elaborate story, but in addition, you've also made a deep commitment to yourself to never be a certain way or to always be a certain way. I'll never be fat like my mother. I'll never let anyone get close to me again. I'll never be irresponsible like my father was. These inner vows greatly limit your life. I know. 
Their power is rooted in judgment, pain, and negativity rather than in love and freedom. See, I don't live like that. I don't. I used to say one of those statements, but I, I, one thing I did say, and I no longer live that way, I did say that I, not that I'll never be like this person or mother, father or this, I said I will never, because I knew as a child I was called to be something different. And I said, I will be true to my calling. And I said, I will, I will always be that kind of person that would stand up and speak my truth. That's me being me. When I did not see it, it wasn't a question for me to see it, I saw it. And I had to do what I felt inside my heart to do. But that's not, that's not limited. That's an unlimited because the potential for my life I did not know then was gonna be the, wow, the potential I have now. I'm living it. So I didn't compare myself to anybody. I always held people accountable. I did do that. I held people accountable for what they failed to do. And that is why people are not self-actualized. Because self-actualization, according to Abraham Maslow, is simply when humanity fails in some way, it affects us all. We each individually have these choices we have to make. So when you see the results of things happening in the world today, and they're out, you know, they look like they're out of control, but they're really not, they're supposed to happen. When you look at your world and it's out of control and you're not doing anything about that, then those things will continue happen to happen. So the whole thing about those things is that somebody has to be responsible. You have to be responsible enough to say, hey, that's not going to work. And just like the example of the guy that, didn't, that acted up and carried on like a little child because he probably had issues as a child, and he figured it's okay to talk to people that way. Well, he met the right person, me, to tell him, you don't bring that garbage here to me. And I'm going to check you. So I can't let that continue. You know, it is my responsibility because he's failed to be responsible. So I'm going to have to do something about that. Because that is not how I value myself. Nobody yells at me. Nobody is going to come across to me that way. No, I don't believe in that. Nah. I don't believe in that. People have been taught, oh, it's okay to do that. It's okay to act up and be rude and be disrespectful and be unkind and to manipulate people and to, and to, to use people. That to them, it's the norm. I saw too much of that and I've, I vowed my personal responsibility, personal accountability was to never be that way. So that means I was on a journey to self-actualization, a journey to being my highest, best self, a journey to being an aware person of myself and other people. So those are the things you hear. 
It's just like, for example, somebody who's, who's, uh, um, here's another example of an inner vow. Somebody might say to you, uh, well, you see somebody eating, you see them overweight and fat, they're not doing anything about it. And their justification for that is simply this. Well, food is a way of making me feel, um, calming my nerves or making me feel, food brings me love and joy because I didn't get that love from my mother, father, sister, brother, fill in the blank. You see, less importance ought to be on that and more importance ought to be on you. Because you give so much credibility to somebody outside of yourself I'll never be fat like my mother. I'll never let anybody get close to me again. You're giving the outside, you're giving other than yourself that power. And that's why you remain powerless. And you're not living on the edge. So when you deal with that, when you turn that around, when that begins to happen, and you begin to look at yourself in a power position, affirming yourself, taking 100% responsibility for your life and the things that you do in life and no longer blaming. Because when you say, I'll never be like my mother, you're blaming them. I'll never be like my father, you're blaming them. I'll never be like this person, you're blaming them. So you've given up your power. You become powerless and apathetic. So all of these all of these inner vows are vows that stay around for a long time. And then we, we live by that vow. It's a it's it's a dangerous dynamic. It's very insidious. You might not see it, but the reason why you're reacting to what you're reacting to is simply because of deep rooted beliefs as well as these inner vows that you have that are deeply rooted inside your mind and your psyche and your subconscious. And they stay there. So, you know, the way to turn that around is simply take responsibility for you. Stop the blame. I have a quote on my website that that talks about that. It's a Katherine Hepburn quote. You ought to check it out. You know, every you, you can't blame this, 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 mother, father, sister, brother, the government, this person, that, the neighbor next door. You're to blame for how you are today. And whether that's good or whether that's bad, you're to blame. And if you can accept that, that's pretty damn courageous. But you're to blame. So if you're 100% successful in your life and it's going great and you are living on the edge of life and enjoying your life, living your full life, and passionate about what you love and doing what you love and just feeling good about your life every single day, then you are 100% responsible for your life. I like that. (laughs) I love it. I love it when I can say, hmm, Annette, Annette, you are 100% responsible for your life, for your success. Wow. That empowers me. (laughs) So, but those are the, that's the dialogue that stays in your subconscious, and those are the things that you have to clean up. 
because you find yourself, you know, living by that. Like I said, what about Pam? It's because deep, deeply rooted, you know, I usually don't watch true crime shows, but I watch because the reason behind it, and I just wanted to see it. I don't watch a lot of TV. But if you did watch that, you'll understand that's what that's about. Deep-rooted things that happened as a child. The Will Smith saga, as a child. All of these things, as a child. So we act them out later on. And then the thing is, shifting that blame to somebody else. I'll never be like, I'll never be like. But that's shifting the blame. When the blame is not them, it's the blame is on you. Because then you live a powerless life. Another example of an inner vow would be, I thought I'd just throw another one out there. It's a child vowing to never be angry because their parents' anger is so distressing. Well, come on. That's impossible, right? You know that. This will make processing anger quite challenging throughout the child's life. So as an adult, you know what's going to happen. They will not be able to objectively look at the emotional data of anger, learn from it, and let it go. We will become more and more like what we have judged and then sworn not to become because our mind constantly compares our thoughts, emotions to those we've judged. And this constant, this constant exposure actually attracts the very same behaviors into our own lives. You know one thing that happened I, one thing that, that I will share with you, I don't have that struggle with no one. I accepted my 100% responsibility for my life. I didn't blame anybody. I no longer live like that. So when somebody is doing that, They've not taken responsibility for their belief system. So I, 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 just, I just don't do that. I'm not that person. I'm not that lady. I'm not that, uh, you know, I'm not that kind of lady. I just don't do that. Some of, vow, you know, some of the vows that we have may seem good. Like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll never be poor or I'll always help those in need or I'll never yell at my family. Well, that's not good. It's important to realize that even those kinds of vows are made out of judgment. And any decision rooted in judgment will inevitably lead to pain or to great imbalance in our lives. And with these type of vows, they're often rooted in our determination to have absolute control over our destiny, which can thwart us from being the person that we were meant to be. You know, those inner vows are, are pretty costly later on in life. The deep-rooted ones that you get from the outside world about how you ought to think is one thing, but the ones that you have, that's just bad too. The, the ones that you have inside your, your, your most important circle of people and the way that you grew up. And all of those things that happen, happening in childhood, they stay there. 
And then you become that, oh, I'll never be like, I'll never be. And then, in essence, you're judging that person. And love, I had to remember this one for myself. Love is, and really live it, and I live it, love is the absence of judgment. So when I find people judging me, when, they, when people have done that to me, I said, wait a minute. Who are you judging here? But it's because of them, the other four fingers that point right back to them. They're judging someone. And that is not love. That is not love. I came up in a, in a difficult childhood, like everybody, dysfunctional. But I never, I never, I, I had to grow in understanding of where I have to take 100% responsibility for my life and never ever to blame anybody but myself. Look at myself. Look at what you do. What is it that you're doing? And the moment that, ha that happens, my life changed. Because I always looked at the good things that people did in my life. Even I looked at the good things they did. And that's what I held on to. I didn't look at anything other than that. I looked at the positives. I was always a positive person looking at, you know, positively anyway. That's just me. I'm born that way. <laughs> I'm always positive, looking on the enlightened side of things and then understanding people. So as I grew, I understood why people did what they did. So then that, 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 that judgment thing, that blame thing was gone because I understood. And once I understood that, I began to take what? I began to take responsibility for me for how I think, what I do, what I say. Taking 100% responsibility. That was a vow I made to myself. See, that's an inner vow that I made to myself a couple of years ago. That's an inner vow. And that was based on love. I didn't blame mother. I didn't blame father, sister, brother, this, that, the other, 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 the other. I didn't blame the other, whatever the other was. No longer. So I'm free from that. There's nothing but love. Love is the absence of judgment. So when you blame them, you're judging them. There's no love there. And then you're also judging you. It, 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 the whole thing, it, it, it behooves of us to really understand why those things happen. That's why you have to disseminate all this stuff about yourself and where you've come from and how you lived and, and, and all these different things and begin to dissect it and look at it for what it, what it is and then say, okay, I love them, I love that, but taking 100% responsibility. That's when I met one of my best mentors. I was ready for that. I said, oh, yeah, I guess I have to take 100% responsibility for my life and my choices and my thoughts and everything else. I am so glad I did. There's, no, there's nothing but love, and everything I do is in love. It's, it's different. So <laughs> it's a, it's, it really is a choice. So no one is to blame for nothing. If you, can get, if you can get that, then your life will literally turn around 
because your thinking will turn around. You will no longer think. And those subconscious thoughts that come back into your psyche, triggered by some outside event, won't even bother you. And that's why I'll say this. This is uh, podcast will be aired just before Mother's Day. Well, I, do, I no longer have a mother. My mother has passed on to glory. But a lady? Oh, yeah. She was the one that started feeding me quotes. <laughs> she feeds me quotes. She gave me quotes because she saw the positive, the wisdom, the leader. The, she saw possibilities. She saw quite a lady who could become something and not better than her because I don't compare. I don't, you know, maybe in, you know, I can't even say that. She did what she did for her time and she did it well. She did a, a lot of amazing things for a lot of people in this world who are still living today. But I never blamed her. I don't blame her for anything. I have just passed on. She passed on someone of that baton when she was giving me those quotes. She used to always give me quotes. Read this. Read this. Wisdom. Because she wanted me to grow. To grow to become. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's better than her. No. She wanted me to have a better life than hers. That's what it was. She wanted me to. So I live that. She wanted me to have a better life than she had. You know, and sometimes I think that there is no comparison. No, there isn't. But, uh, you know, she was somebody who, who did so much. And I, I always said that she, she should have been served the way that she gave so much. She should have been. But I was that, I, w I was never that one I know her great love for me was, 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 was great. And I lived up to those expectations that I'm sure she thought of me then, that, that I had. But I do it, I do it because that's my, that's the most important work I'll ever do is becoming my best self. So she, uh, I wouldn't be here on this planet if it wasn't for her. So I've always celebrated a lady, my mother, all the time, not all the time, <laughs> but the fact that I'm alive, but I grew to become my best self. But I stopped the blaming. I, st I don't do that. But that's how you get stuck, by blaming. These inner vows that we carry on in our minds, they stay around if you don't deal with them. And really, it comes from a, a lack of love. Sometimes the best thing is to do is to say, okay, there was something about that person that you really loved, then let that be. Positive past. Think about positive stuff, okay? Think about things that were positive. Accentuate the positive. Forget the negatives, because there's no negatives. Don't even focus on those. Accentuate the positive things that they did. And I had to accentuate those positive things 
and look at those things because those are the great things that you need to look at when you're dealing with those, when you're coming from being an apathetic person to a person that's walking on the edge. So your mind, you, you look at, like I said, these examples. You can be 50, 60, 40, 100 years old, and you still have these things that trigger, and then you react in the very same way. I see tons of people like that. I mean, my gosh, something happens, it triggers them. And I know why. I mean, I may not know directly why, but I understand why. That's some awareness of other people. So if somebody's arguing with me or somebody's fussing with me and yelling at me, they don't even know me, then they have an issue with something and they're still dealing with it. And that is the reason why I said they're like, <laughs> they're like pig pens. They're taking their garbage from place to place, never dealing with it. And then they come across with somebody who's not going to accept that. Because you see, I've accepted myself. So if you were to come across to me and do something like that, you would dare not. Because it's unacceptable to me in my life. I have standards and values that have been set in me, not made by anybody else, but made by mine that I've decided for myself that I was not going to allow. So the next episode, we're going to go into more about how to recognize more of these, these inner vows. They really do weaken you. You've probably never noticed it before. The first step to redefining these vows, that's what we're going to do. We're going to redefine those vows to empower you. That's what's going to happen on the next episode. So we're going to be talking about that later. Like I said, this is the exploration, exp ex excavation stage of life. Exploring why you feel, you know, why you are living not on the edge of life. And living your highest, best self and creating the life that you deserve. Don't you want a life that you deserve? Don't you want a life that you can say at the end of the day or at the end of your life that, my God, I am so glad I just lived? Okay? That you lived. That you lived. And not that, you know, oh, I'm waiting, you know, waiting for something to change, waiting for the retirement, waiting for the bus, waiting for the this, waiting, waiting, waiting for something when you could be living your best life. I'm excited and passionate about my life, my world that I've created. I, I tell you, I wasted a lot of time not doing it that way. I've wasted a lot of time. Remember, time is fleeting. It's precious to us all. If you don't value time, then you'll continue doing what you do. But if you value your time, if you want that life that you deserve, then you've got to do something about that. You've got to do something about that. I had to. And I'm glad I did. See, life is not just about making lots of money, being a big movie star, being an influencer, being somebody politically, whatever those things are. That's not what your life is about. That, that's what life people, 
out there, outside of your world, that's what they're about. But do you want that to mirror your life? Why do you think you're attracted to what you're attracted to? Why do you think you listen to what you listen to? Simply because you've allowed those inner vows, those deep-rooted beliefs that are so limited to rule your life. So, happy Mother's Day to my mother. And happy Mother's Day to all of you who have mothers out there. And of course, happy Mother's Day to myself. <laughs> Gotta do that one. <laughs> so uh, next time, you and me, we have a date. And um, hey, this is what the show is all about. It's about growing. Inspire, motivate, educate. That is the vibe at www.digitalvibenetwork.com. This is Annette. I'll see you next time. And uh, hmm, I got something special for you to, uh, that you might be interested in. I'll mention it next week. I'm going to share with you one of my favorite mentors in my next episode and how she has uh, impacted my life. So uh, next time, we're going to talk about uh, one of my favorite mentors who has impacted my life and still has till I finally met her <laughs> in an email. Marcia Sinatar. Do what you love and the money will follow. So next time. Mm -hmm.